hello everyone and welcome back to The Path for episode 60. Here we are, 60 episodes in. I am Jason. Hey, I'm Derek. We are so glad that you've decided to join us on The Path this week. Um, we're going to be finishing up our Missions Month uh, episodes this week. We have a really special guest in Kevin Williams, who's the current president of the Georgia Baptist Convention. And um, we encourage you to stick around for that. For um, he, he shared some really great opportunities that we can have uh, to potentially partner in some missions in the, in the days ahead. Um, but before we do that, Derek, we're going to look at um, Titus chapter 2 that we looked at yesterday as we continue on in our series called Letters. Um, and so maybe just a little recap cap and then what's the handle to hold on to this week yeah so paul continues talking to titus uh writing to him you know uh, the gist kind of all the letters and i don't know that we even prepared for this Mm -hmm. ahead of time but it kind of has fleshed out that the idea is that these people writing these personal letters are are writing them to people to encourage them to continue the mm-hmm. faith after they're, you know, once they're gone yeah. or whatever. And uh, T- Titus is one of Paul's protégés. He's planted churches. He sent Titus to encourage them and equip them. And he's given them some instructions on how to do that. But the idea is this idea of needing to intentionally pass on our faith, mm-hmm. right? And we talked about last week... Um, the the state of the Bible study that kind of showed that you know less than half of Christians professing Christians are living out their faith yeah and that's because we aren't passing it down well and so we've got to do better and so that's what we see continuing here um, you know um, Titus is a perfect candidate to to pastor um, because Paul knows that there's this group of people um, he calls the Judaizers, and um, some translations call them the circumcision party. Mm-hmm. And it's this group of uh, seemingly converts. Maybe they converted at one time, but then false doctrine had kind of slipped in, and they're like, "No, you you gotta you gotta add add circumcision to Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. there's not just Jesus. You gotta add stuff to it." Right. <clears throat> and so this very legalistic very religious based and you know uh, what can i do to earn my salvation yeah. and so they attributed salvation level thing salvation level uh importance to behaviors mm-hmm. where salvation only comes from the lord right salvation only comes from jesus and so paul is is encouraging titus um not only to not only is paul passing that on to him He's encouraging Titus to pass it on to others, and then for Titus to encourage others to pass it, to on. Pass it on to others. And so you see this, and what you see particularly is in this in chapter two is the importance of living righteously. Right. Yeah. So yesterday we talked about um, how righteousness comes to us. Paul says, "My righteousness is as filthy rags." And Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He yeah. was. He was Christian, you know. I mean, uh, uh, Jew of Jews, Jew of Jews, follower yeah. of God, a follower of God's. I mean, mm-hmm. he he held the letter of the law and and all that, and so he he finally came to recognize I can't do anything to attain my righteousness. Right, righteousness isn't is an imparted thing or imputed thing. Uh, some uh, scholars call it an alien righteousness. Mm. It's not our own. Yeah, it's given to us at salvation by Jesus. So when we come to faith in Christ. 
the imputed righteousness, the alien righteousness, and alien just means it's not ours, yeah. it's, it's foreign. Mm-hmm. The righteousness is put upon us. Yeah. Scripture tells us that we are clothed in righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite songs uh, sings that, you know, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless, mm-hmm. I stand before the throne. I can't stand faultless before the throne right. in my own righteousness. Yeah. I stand before the throne of God because I'm clothed with Jesus' righteousness. So we talked about that. So what happens is these Judaizers and others like it, and it still happens in churches all over the world Mm -hmm. today, they have attributed um, salvation-level importance to, to quote-unquote, righteous living. Mm -hmm. So, like, I have to live righteously to earn salvation. Yeah. That's not how it works. I have been given imputed righteousness so that it will affect my living and cause me to live righteously. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see here. Titus is, uh, Paul is instructing Titus to tell uh, older men, older women to imp- impart righteous living and pass it on mm-hmm. to younger generations that they would live in being clothed in the righteousness of Christ, but then live it out. Yeah. And so, um, and so that's kind of you know the idea, and and that in, idea of intentionality is is key. It doesn't just happen. Yeah. Uh, though the righteousness of Christ sits on us, you know, it's, it's it's we're clothed in that. We still have to live in that. Yeah. We still have to make conscious decisions. To live in that righteousness, and so you know, uh, Paul says, "Tell older." He tells every group, older, and it's interesting. He addresses older men first, mm-hmm. then older women, then younger women, then younger men. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fascinating to me. It's, it's kind of chiastic in a yeah. way, mm-hmm. uh, and chi- a chiasm is a, a literary device yeah. where you you start with a similar thing and end with a similar thing, and you kind of different levels mm-hmm. meet. And it kind of causes a pyramid, so so it's chiastic in nature. Yeah. Older older men, uh, older women, younger women, old uh, younger men, but every single segment, and even he addresses slaves later, they're called to live self controlled mm-hmm. lives, yeah. self controlled lives, um, which we talked a, a good bit about in our previous series. Right. Uh, so we didn't get into that as much because you know yeah we we. The world says live however you want to. Uh, that's the good life. But the mm-hmm. good life, according to Jesus and God's word, is live a life that's self-controlled. Right. Live a life that's sensible. Paul says. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind. Of, it's kind of subdued and not. Re- you know, like just kind of easy going. You know, there's not <laughs> a lot to it. It's just live your lives sensible, self-controlled. Yeah. Live it righteously. He says. And so yeah. you know. To do that, we certainly need Jesus to do that in us and through us. It's not something we can attain to our own because it's because then we we make the switch of giving salvation level importance or emphasis to our living, saying yeah. we are earning our salvation. No, we are we are living our lives righteously because we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Mm-hmm. And Paul goes into that greatly, but. Um, he gives us a so that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So live your lives self-controlled so that. And he says it several, several, several times. Yeah. Uh, so I've talked a lot. You may have a, a question or thought. or No, no, no. I, it's, it's all really good. It's, it's so true. I think that it's, 
you know, on the surface level, you could look at this and be like, well, we're arguing over semantics here, but we're not. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's a, it's a, has a huge impact on the state of our, our thoughts and mm-hmm. the state of our heart. When you, if you're, if you're thinking in your mind, I, I want to live righteously. So maybe you start with good intentions, mm-hmm. but your ultimate result is that you think you're gaining something. Right. I'm going to work my way up that it'll, I'll make God happier by what mm-hmm. I do. And that could not be further from the truth. Right. And yet, we're all guilty of that at times. Like we f- we fall victim to that line of thought. And um, and the distinction that Paul is making here for Titus, and he makes it several other places in, in the New Testament too, is that no, 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 you you are living that way because of what has already taken place mm-hmm. in your heart. That's right. Because of what Jesus did. Now, therefore, that's who you are. You're a follower of Christ. Followers of Christ live this way. Yeah. And and um, and and it's it's not like a a light switch is flipped and you just understand how to do that from day one. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love I love that um, Paul. Not only is he talking about this righteous living and sound teaching and all that stuff, but he's also he's building the body of the church at the mm-hmm. same time because mm-hmm. it's hey. You old older men and older women, you've lived enough life, and and hopefully you've lived long enough as a follower of Christ to understand this a little better. Pour that into these younger guys and girls mm-hmm. that have not lived as much life as you, and they've not experienced the things that you've experienced. Help them to understand, and I think that's referred to as discipleship, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, and and so I I love that Paul, while he's teaching Titus, he's also building the church mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, well. Christ is building a church through him, but you understand what I'm saying that yeah. it's this it's placing the structure in place to to continue this line of thought that it's this legacy of here's how we live in the body of Christ and mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's it's so important for us to grasp that that it is an action. Paul's not talking about a thought that it's just there and it happens. No, no, no. It takes work. We have to do it. We're not passive in our faith. We are active in our faith and and in our in our righteous living. And um, I think it's just it, to me, it's beautiful to see that played out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I think that um, we we you see that here at Lafayette first, then um, in some cases. But I, I want to see it grow more. Oh yeah, know? absolutely. I want to see it grow more. That let's let's have. You know, older pouring into younger, younger pouring into older, and it's just this beautiful amalgam of of people that have been changed by Christ, mm-hmm. um, and therefore it affects the way we live. And that's that is what the church was made to be. Mm-hmm. This beautiful picture of how good Jesus is, and um, and it, it you know it gets me excited to think about it. Like Absolutely, that. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, verse fourteen, uh, Paul. So you, you're speaking here about this beautiful dance that, yeah. that happens. Of God working, mm-hmm. and we're intentionally following His leadership, yeah. right? So you're right. God's going to build His church, mm-hmm. but Paul's doing what he needs to do. He's telling Titus to do what he needs to do, and he's telling Titus that he needs to make sure that others are doing what they need to do, yeah. so that God can put it together. Absolutely. God's doing the work, but He's using you and I to make mm-hmm. it happen, and yeah. our obedience and yeah. intentionality. I was going to say it's not like. Um, God doesn't ask us to come and jump in the bed of his truck and just ride along with him. No. no he he invites us to work alongside him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so often we get, we think, oh, well, yeah, I'm just along for the ride. I'm with God. I'm just going to go wherever mm-hmm. he goes. And that's that's a great place to start. But you have to make the next step, too, where God says, hey, I'm inviting you in to work alongside me here. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's doing the work. I'm the one that's providing all the resources, all the energy. And I'm the one who will ultimately get the glory. But mm-hmm. but I'm inviting you in to do this with me, yeah. not to watch me do it. 
Yeah, and eventually we'll get to ride in the bed of his truck. But Absolutely. right now we've got to build the road, and he's Absolutely. providing the supplies. Mm-hmm. We're we're making it. We're building it. Yeah. Uh, somebody, you know, some people are 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 putting the parts of the truck together to be ready to drive. Yeah. 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 God is the owner of it all, and He's like, "Hey, we're doing this, and I want you to be a part." Mm-hmm. But you're right. And then eventually, the road will be done. The That's truck right. will be prepared, and we can ride it. Absolutely. You know, to use mm-hmm. your analogy. Yeah. Well, uh, Titus two fourteen. He gave Himself up. He's talking about Paul's talking about Jesus. To, for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a mm-hmm. people for his own possession. So he is building his church. He's yeah. building a thing. So this happened yesterday, and and um, and it gives you a glimpse of how this could be fleshed out. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's what this podcast is about, show you how to flesh it out. Mm-hmm. I would say the way you flesh it out, how, how do you pass on righteous living intentionally? Be a part of one of our seven ministry teams. Yeah. Be a part of a group. Be a part of a D group. Invest your life into someone else. Use your talents for the Lord. So we have uh, something called Belong, and we do it ever so often, probably about once a quarter. Mm-hmm. It's a class. It's a three-week class where we invite new people uh, to our church, visitors, guests, uh, people just maybe interested in Christianity, mm-hmm. and we take them on a three-week journey. And that it ends with us helping them see how God has shaped them so mm-hmm. that they can serve. Now, God built his church. God brought those people to our church. God worked in their heart and life individually at other places. And we had four families converge Mm. into this class. Now, they could come to this church and come and sit each week and listen to the message. And they might stick for a while. But if we didn't have the intentional means for them to do that Mm -hmm. in the long class... Would they know how to get plugged into a ministry? Yeah. Would they know how to grow in their faith in a connect group? They might not. Yeah. They may just walk in our doors, come sit in a pew, and then leave and go home. Yeah. And never get that fuller understanding of how they can follow the Lord and live out their life righteously, to use the example. So it it takes God working. God did the work in their heart and brought them here to be a part of our body and to fulfill something no one else here can. That's I think that's how God designs his body, brings them in. That's Ephesians 4, it's 1 Corinthians 12, it's Mm -hmm. Romans 12. But we've got to do the intentional work of saying, hey, um, you know, what are your strengths? What's your spiritual gifting? How has God used you in the past? How does God want to use you now? And say, oh, we need this ministry done. We need, this Mm -hmm. will be a great place for you. We need you to plug in here. This will be awesome. Come and be a part of this. And so we've done the intentional work while God's done the intentional work. And in the end, we're building, a, passing on a legacy, building a mechanism that f- more people, to use your analogy before, can get in the truck and ride, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, with the Lord. And so that, that's huge. I mean, that's, that's important. Absolutely, yeah. I totally agree with you. I think that it's, um, it's such a vital part, and I, and I think so often we get, we get stuck at the, well, yeah, let me just, let me just float along here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this was not... Uh, and, and this is a, getting into a bigger conversation, but the Christian life was never intended to be an addendum to your life. Mm-hmm. It, it is your life, right. and um, and I think so often we get stuck at that. Well, yeah, I'll I'll add this piece of you know Christianity to my life as opposed mm-hmm. to it being the thing that drives everything else. Right. Um, and and I think that you know it takes work, like you said, it's intentionality. Yeah. It's not. It does not happen passively, um, but the the reward in the end and the result. Is so much 
uh, is absolutely worth all the work mm-hmm. uh, that, that you have to do on the, on the front end to, to live out our faith. Absolutely. So. Well, one way that we live out our faith is uh, by being involved in mission work. And this week we have an interview with Kevin Williams, like I said, who is the president, current president of the uh, Georgia Baptist Convention. Um, and we would encourage you to listen to this interview. Um, he has some great uh, thoughts and some great opportunities to be involved in mission work. And so check out this interview, and then we will be back in just a little bit to uh, wrap everything up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are very honored today to have the current president of the Georgia Baptist Convention with us, Mr. Kevin Williams. Kevin, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Okay. I'm glad to be with you. Excited. Great. Great. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, just take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about yourself and, and about uh, your ministry there in Villarica. Uh, well, I've been there exactly eight years this past Sunday. Oh, um, wow. Congratulations. Eight-year anniversary. Um, a lot of people knew, knew about us or knew about me from um, we did the baptisms on the football field mm-hmm. uh, in 2014, and evidently the whole world got involved with that <laughs> so uh, you know so there was the as far as me uh, my background um is i have my doctorates in uh church growth missions and evangelism so i did all those at southern and so i my whole premise has been church growth and what catalysts promote that and so uh, I was a youth pastor and associate pastor. And, you know, the description that you're the worship leader, right? Is that what you told me? That's right. Okay. Yeah. You know, that little last line on there and all other duties assigned <laughs> by the pastor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had all of those. So I just did whatever <laughs> I was told to do. Uh, but I kind of had a vision for when I would, if and when ever God would let me be the pastor of the church my vision was going to be, we were going to engage in missions mm. and uh, cause I saw the all around benefit that would impact the church, not just in a uh, one time, one hit wonder, you know, this would be an ongoing driver. So for me, missions was all about, let's see if we can get everybody engaged. So, when I started at First Villarica, the whole goal for me was to say, okay, how can I get my church engaged in missions? And they asked that question when I went there, what is your mission's vision? Hmm. Well, while I was still as the associate pastor and youth pastor at First Baptist Douglasville, we had gone on a mission trip and I took 132 students. I'd like to do that to Guatemala. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like herding cats, but uh, <laughs> and you know, students don't sleep, so I was exhausted throughout that week. And uh, so, we while we were there, we were, there's a guy there named Pastor uh, Jose Angel Samal, and he is like the grand poobah down there. I mean, he is the guy, uh, <laughs> I call him the Billy Graham of Guatemala, and so uh, he came to me the last day we just finished and we were at this place called Lake Atalon. Mm. And it's, I mean, it's, it's on Google's top 10 places on earth. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, it's got three volcanoes and it's got a big wow. lake that looks about like the sea of Galilee. It's about the same size. Wow. So we were there and he put his arm around me and he said, he pointed across the lake at this little dot, this little city across the 
lake. I could barely see it. And he said, uh, no church. And I was like, okay. And he said, I don't know what to do with that. But he, he said, that's my home. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I went back to Douglasville after that meeting, I really wouldn't think too much else about that because I knew I wasn't the senior pastor and I wasn't going to be able to launch that vision with that church. So I just went back and kind of, okay. So the very next week after I got back from Guatemala is when Bill Ricca contacted me and said, we'd like to talk to you about being our senior pastor. That's a long story in itself, but I go there and uh, bottom line, they asked me this question, what is your mission's vision? And I said, oh, we're going to plant a church. <laughs> yeah. Uh, San Juan La Laguna at Lake Atalan. And uh, so there's a church there. I mean, there's a city there with no church. Mm. And so it's Mayan Indians. And sure enough, within three weeks, we were on the ground. Wow. We were up on a plane and flew back down there, went across that lake and um, walked that ground for the very first time and yeah. uh, saw where enough and, I, and I, actually we picked out some property and now we got to remember the church was not financially stable when i went there at all and um anyway <laughs> so let's buy this property and so we bought it and it was thirty six thousand dollars for wow. the property which you know if it's on the side of a volcano looking down over this beautiful lake i mean it's, it was really cool so we we got a pastor um, from another area, brought him there. Uh, he was, it's a cool story in itself because he's the voice of the radio in the lake. Mm. Oh, wow. Everybody knows him, already knew him. So it was really helpful. And so we planted this church and fast forward now eight years. And um, I have personally baptized 69 of them, the 69 Mayan Indians in the lake. Wow. And, uh, there's literally no church there. There was a Catholic presence, but no Protestant presence. So anyway, we go in and uh, now it's doing very well. And the church is running about 250, 260 people, somewhere around in there. And, yeah. uh, but just, we've built this big building there. They call it the temple. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we built this church and, I got real excited and I started bringing all some other, my pastor friends with me, just guys I knew. I said, man, y'all got to come down here and see this. this is unbelievable. So we took them and then out of that, we've planted a total of 12 churches now. Wow. So it's been like, and that's other churches. That's not us. We helped them get it going and then uh-huh. handed it off. Yeah. So for me, there's still the main church we call it a mothership and that's where we go. And I still go there every year and take our people. Uh, now what's cool. Uh, there were about 240 people at first Villarica when I went there and we have taken more people, physical bodies to Guatemala than we had in the pews the first Sunday I preached. Mm, so yeah. We've taken well over 300, probably around 350 to Guatemala happened is it is permeated in our church Mm -hmm. exactly what i had studied and hoped would happen took off uh the evangelism side because you got to think when you're doing mission work and you're on the ground 
you you know, we all live off, and as a pastor, you know, you live off those five principles, mm-hmm. uh, evangelism, missions, worship, mm-hmm. you know, uh, ministry and, and discipleship. We work off all of that. Yeah. So if you take a bunch of people on a mission trip, you're getting all five principles at one time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so they caught the vision mm-hmm. of, well, that then spilled over into our local community and we have, I mean, we're just doing everything. I mean, you, you name it, we're doing it from feeding police and all the school teachers. We fed seven schools um, recently, all the teachers, we take gift cards to all the teachers. I mean, we're, we're doing all kinds of stuff with the fire department, police department, EMTs. Uh, we took on a whole floor of the hospital and we feed them monthly. And uh, mm. man, it's just, we, we're taking care of the high school sports and we sponsor them and we feed the band and we feed the team and we feed the, the cheerleaders and the cheerleaders actually practice in our building. Now. Wow. So I mean, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of neat things going on, but it all goes back. We have a soup kitchen, a food pantry, Mm. all these things that God's just opened doors and we got people serving everywhere uh, mm. and they have taken ownership. So the catalyst behind this whole thing to me is missions. Mm. So that's the driver. So that ain't, I, I hope that kind of sums it up for you. But that's, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's very helpful. Just, you know, uh, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the idea you, you said you got people serving everywhere and that's, that's, you know, so important is to get people owning it, not just, you know, uh, paying you know money, putting money in a plate, but really getting their hands dirty, you know, as well. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much. That's a very cool story to ha- see how God has worked um, uh, through missions there at First Baptist Villarica. Yeah, it's been a blessing. That's awesome. So what, what would you say? Um, Cause I'm sure that, um, you know, at, at a church like, like first Baptist Villarica, you have people who are more involved in missions than others. Um, but what, what would you say to the person who says, well, I've not been called to missions or um, I don't have time for that. What, what would you say to that person? Well, I've had people say that to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I try not to be sarcastic uh, or anything, but I always, while I'm preaching, and I'll, I'll use it this way, uh, I will tell them, that, you know, all of us have a mandate. Not There's not one of us. You know, we're all talking about mandates all over the country right now. No. Uh, but I'm talking about our call, the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. We weren't given the option. It was a mandate. Now, that mandate may mean that you're doing that at, your, at where you work. Or yeah. you're doing that at your school, or you're doing that um, maybe in the state somewhere. Maybe you're doing something local. I mean, here's the deal: everybody can serve somewhere. Yes. Yeah. And even the even our senior adults. I mean, they're coming to me saying, "What can we do?" Well, we're about to take uh, an 85 year old with us to Guatemala. She's never been on a mission trip. Wow. So, uh, they're wanting to get involved. So, I mean, from children all the way across, there's nobody exempt from the call mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. on the mission call. And so I teach our people those things and, you know, they don't really ask me that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know where you stand on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not, 
I'm not ugly about it and any, I don't try to be, I just try to be um, encouraging to them and say, Hey, you can do this. It may not be to the level over here. Who's going down there and building a house in yeah. Guatemala. You may not be the, the doctor who goes with us on the trip and is handing out medicine and treating people. You may not be the one that goes to Guatemala at all. You may be the one that's right here at home. And sometimes that is giving, you know, sometimes that sure. we have some that can't go and they give that others can go. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there, there's that element. And so, I, you know, I just try to say, find your place. Yeah. yeah. You know, where, where do you fit? That's good. And maybe it's praying for the team. You know, maybe you're a prayer warrior. Uh, yeah. You know, there's so many ways to get involved. But just the, the fact that they do get involved is, is the, the most important part to it. That's great. Everybody's buying in. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, a, that's a great word. Hey, look, and I don't want to sit here and be crazy. You guys know, I mean, y'all are, y'all are in the church. It's not 100% participation, yeah. you know. Sure. But, but sure. We're, we're probably far and above, far and above most churches. Yeah. As far, you know, so that's what I would say. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. So, um, from a speaking as the the president of the Southern Baptist or I mean of the Georgia Baptist Convention, um, what are what are some ways that we could uh, encourage our people here uh, in Lafayette to get involved in missions from um, from a denominational standpoint? Well, you know, we just did that missions tour, mm-hmm. and every region the way they've set that up, Buck Birch and uh, Thomas Hammond, the way they have it structured is every every single region has a placement now if that's in everybody and we were real cautious on this on the mission tour uh, because you didn't want to henpeck somebody and say look this is what you have to do because that's really up to every church uh, what they want to do but here's what you know we laid out a place for people to get involved Uh, there was a zip code that was in georgia you could go there there was somewhere to serve in the United States. There was somewhere to serve overseas. There was somewhere for you to serve locally. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it was all put together in a very, I think, a very good fashion for somebody maybe you've never done it before to get involved. But then I was also, as the president, I was pushing another angle for pastors and leaders of churches to go with me on a vision trip down to Guatemala, Honduras, Panama, um, one of those countries down there that you could, that you may want to see, uh, Costa Rica, uh, we have vision trips set up for those countries for pastors mm-hmm. and anybody, if the pastor says, Hey, I want to bring a, you know, four or five people with me. Okay. You know, that's fine. We, you, we just go down and you see it mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, put hands on it. It's like you said a while ago, you get your hands dirty, you get in there, you see it. And then you come back and you bring those three or four leaders with you or two or three leaders, whatever it is. And those leaders begin to go, man, we can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then it becomes your church's own thing. No matter what that is, yeah. it becomes your church's, it becomes their baby, you know, they, they want to handle it. So I, I think it's just putting their hands in it. So great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great word. I think so often, um, I mean, because when I was younger, I went through this same mentality of where, 
you hear this concept of missions and it seems like this huge thing that's so involved and, and it can be, I mean, God does call people to uproot themselves and their families. Um, but I think that so often we, we make it more mysterious than it actually is <laughs> that it's just people have this thing in their mind of, uh, I can't be involved in something that big, but it really starts as simple as let me, let me pray for somebody who is going on a mission trip mm-hmm. or, let me serve the police officers in my community. Mm-hmm. It can be as simple as that. That's a, that's a great reminder. Kevin, yeah, or just that. walk across the, you know, walk across the street in my neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's great. Now, one other thing I'd point out, and I didn't say this on every part of the tour, but um, I will say this. I think there's two different approaches to missions altogether. Uh, there's what one I call the shotgun approach where it's scattered. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means every year you're just trying to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and that's more like for me that's more like hey let's go see the world you know let's yeah. hey i love that too you know who do, yeah. let's, let's go see things and do things however there's the rifle approach yeah and that's the one i'm taking uh where we keep shooting the same spot over yeah. and over and over and we've really kind of taken over a whole city mm-hmm. and to the point where the the mayor of the city gave us the key to the city, which then led to a meeting with the president of the country, uh, which then led to a whole bunch of other things. I mean, you know, it was just unbelievable. But we kept shooting the same spot. Had we gone in there once and left, and that's what you call the one-hit wonder, you know? And yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't like that approach. I think you got to build relationships, and it takes time. You know, all the things that we've done didn't happen in a year. It happened over eight years. So it just took time to develop and we're still developing. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're trying to expand that and do more, uh, but we're still keeping that same approach. Well, that's what I really like that where where the Georgia, where Georgia Baptist convention is going with, you know, regional ministry. And then, you know, um, we, we had Keith Ivy, uh, as an interview as well, uh, because he's over our particular area, um, in, in our region. And so, you know, I love that they're making partnerships with specific areas to do exactly what you're saying, to make the shotgun approach, because I I agree with you. I think building those relationships in those areas is going to give you longer lasting uh, power, longer lasting ministry opportunities um, than just do, you know, and I've, I've, uh, you know, been on mission trips to, um, you know, anywhere and everywhere, you know, and it's been great and fun, but, you know, we never went back, you know, we met people that were dear to our heart in that moment, but you never really see them again. And I love that idea of going to a place and getting to know the people, getting to know God's people there, the churches and partnering with them and the ministry that they already know needs to happen. I love that. I think that's, I, I love that approach. I think it's going to be uh, uh, very cool to see, you know, 10 years from now, how that shakes out, uh, not only in your congregation, but in congregations all over Georgia that make those partnerships and to see how God uses that, uh, in, uh, you know, uh, multiplying unreal, you know, unreal kind of way. So, you know, I, I'll tell you this, uh, probably one of the coolest things that I've witnessed personally going back and forth, we work with a school down there. And the school, when I say they give you the school, it's like, here you go. <laughs> uh, you get the school for the week. And the teachers just step back and let you take over. 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, so we got built-in vacation Bible school is what we got. Mm-hmm. 600 kids. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, we're, and we're now the other schools in the area got jealous and said, hey, why won't y'all come over here? So we're doing like three or four schools now. Wow. Uh, one, I mean, per day. Wow. And, you know, we're only taking 40 and 50 people. So, I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, we're spread thin. Yeah. Uh, but the, in, the ministry is incredible. But here's the story. So we pull in, we get off the bus, and I got there in front of the team. But they had all the kids in an assembly downstairs waiting. Oh, wow. And, and so it's kind of like an, an enclosure. I mean, it's the best way I can tell you. It's uh, You go in through one gate, and then it opens up in the middle. And so the center is open. Mm. to the sky but then all around it's the classrooms so you go in that gate and all those kids were in there and i got there before the team did so when i turned the corner you know that the scripture says uh when jesus went into capernaum says uh there was a noise about the place Mm -hmm. jesus was in the house Mm -hmm. and man i turned that corner really like a, a buzz like you could hear a buzz and a humming sound Wow. And it was those kids and yeah. they were all up on their seats, turn around looking, but they, they were looking for our team. Mm-hmm. You know, they're waiting because we have such a great relationship. Those kids know our people. Wow. And, yeah. and they cry. I mean, it is. Oh, wow. But it's like this, there's a, there's a, there was a noise about the place. Wow. Mm-hmm. We walked in. I mean, it was, it gives me chills, but it was, it was unreal. So, that's the kind of thing that happens over time. That doesn't happen in a one-time trip. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. So that, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about. That's the, the rifle, man. You just keep right. shooting that target. And, man, this is great. So anyway, I would recommend anybody, if you're going to get involved, pick a spot and work on it. Yeah, that's awesome, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Cool. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today uh, on on the Path Podcast. We uh, we appreciate your leadership uh, from a, from a state level, and uh, we appreciate your leadership as a pastor and a fellow worker of the gospel. And uh, so, thank you for taking time to be with us today. Well, man, it's my honor to serve, and I love you guys. And if any way I can help you, let me know. All right, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Yeah, go to Guatemala with me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, y'all All take right. care. Thanks. Yeah, take care. You too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Well, again, thank you, Kevin, for being on the podcast. We appreciate it so much. We hope that you learned something uh, from Kevin about what's going on here in the state of Georgia and abroad uh, as, as far as mission work is concerned. Um, and while this is our last episode for this month that we're devoting to Missions Month here uh, at Lafayette First, that does not mean that we stop thinking about missions moving forward. Missions is a part of our DNA here at Lafayette First, and hopefully you've seen these bracelets uh, that we're wearing. They say, to the ends of the earth, and that is where God has called us to carry the gospel, to the ends of the earth. Uh, And so if you don't have one of these bracelets, we still have some. Uh, They're free. You can come get one. It's just a reminder to make missions a part of your life and to let um, your prayers be about uh, advancing the mission that God has given us. Um, we'd encourage you to grab one of those uh, and then continue to think about how God might use you in missions in the days ahead and, and whether that's locally here in our town because we've seen those opportunities or whether that is um, across the country or around the globe. I don't know what God's calling you to, but I would encourage you to be faithful to answer the call when he does call you. Uh, but thank you for joining us this week. If you have any thoughts that you'd love 
to share with us or questions, you can email us at thepath at lafayettefirst.life. Uh, and we would love to interact with you there. Um, but until next time, I am Jason. I'm Derek. And go Braves. And uh, we hope that you will join us next time as we continue down the path.